1: I have believed. I know whom I have believed. He didn't say, I know what I believe. What? I know what I believe. No, I know who I believe. It's not a what, it's a who. It's Jesus Christ. And that's important for us to know Jesus Christ. You know, you can know about Jesus, you can know about Jesus doctrinally, theologically. The question is, do you know him personally?
0: Have you ever read the Bible and there came a point where something clicked and you felt like you knew who Jesus was, how he is as a person? The beautiful thing about Christianity is that it's such a personal faith. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be talking about the importance of knowing who God is, not just in knowledge, but in a relational way. The creator of the universe wants to know us at a personal level, and we can know him too. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie. In the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, as he continues his message, be loyal to the faith.
1: We could see that Paul is writing this because the fear of death at this time has caused some of the Christians to to be ashamed, to, to shrink back because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But Paul reminds them that Jesus Christ brought life and life more abundant. And as a matter of fact, he conquered sin and death. When he rose from the grave, he conquered sin and death. That's why Jesus commanded us not to fear. And saints, we need to be ready not to fear. You know, I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. He says, and do not fear those who will kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. You see, we're worried about, you know, life, you know. Yes, be a good steward. Take care of yourself. God gave you life and it just proves. Your life proves the existence of God. Whether you love your life, you should love your life no matter what. You you, you love yourself more when you look to Jesus. And you love yourself less when you look at other people and compare yourself with other people. Love to Jesus. It's not a love self to worship, but Jesus says, love your neighbor as thyself. So how would you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? The more you look to Jesus, the more you love his creation. The more you love who God has created you to be. But here he says, do not fear those who could take away the body. You can't it, kill the soul. That's a like true martyrdom. You know, these people, they died 10 of the disciples uh, with, with the exception of John, the beloved who died of natural causes and, and Judas who actually committed suicide. But the 10 died martyrs dead. So they were cut in half, sought in half. Peter was crucified upside down. And so they died because it's true. You know, we worry for a moment, but here we have eternity in heaven. If you believe in heaven, if you believe in heaven, you wouldn't worry about the now. Just live your life for Christ. He'll take care of everything. But we're going to be forever. I don't know how long each and every one of us is going to live. I hope I don't pass 80. That's me. That's my opinion. (laughs) That's my choice. I hope it's not 70. I want to go to see the Lord, to be honest. (laughs) I want to see the Lord. I want to see heaven. I read about it every day. I pray to the Lord every day. I see his, you know, and I just wonder how the angels could be standing in the presence of God and see his glory. And here we are. I want to see Jesus face to face. That Bible verse that we read. Absent the body to be present before the Lord. It's going to happen. To every one of us, if we stay the course and believe in Christ. Verse 11 says, "To which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles." Paul was appointed by Jesus Christ personally, and not for salvation, but to be a preacher, apostle and a teacher. He wasn't appointed to salvation. I mean, yes, it was God's plan from the beginning, but he's talking about his ministry. In Acts chapter 9, you'll find Paul's conversion when on the road to Damascus, when his name was Saul of Tarsus, he was a persecutor of the church. He was a terrorist of the church. And on his way to arrest and persecute Christians on the road to Damascus, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to him, fell off his horse, and you know, the light of Jesus Christ just blinded him. He was blind for three days. And it was there when the Lord said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. I see the grace of God there. Because he persecuted a church, you'd think Christ would have said, You know, you persecuted a church. I'm going to persecute you, and I'm going to kill you, as a matter of fact. Grace of God. It was then when the Lord had called him and appointed him and as a preacher and apostle of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Ananias, he called the Lord called Ananias to pray and baptize Paul. And everybody was Christians were afraid. He said, are, are are you getting this right, Ananias? Did the Lord tell you that you need to pray and baptize Saul of Tarsus? They were afraid of him. I think it's a setup. No ways. Yes. Okay, listen. If God could save a man like Paul, which in his day, nobody would have ever thought that Paul would be an apostle of Jesus Christ. He could save anybody, never give up. But here, yes, the Lord called him. And it says in Acts chapter 9, verses 15 to 16, uh, he said to Ananias, he said, Go, for he he, speaking of Paul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him many things he must suffer. Wow. Imagine say, hey, you want to, you want to join the ministry? Uh, yeah, you know, suffering is part of the uh, responsibilities of what you're going to go through. Sure, sign me up. <laughs> he already knew that he was going to suffer. He said, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. <laughs> you think Paul would say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not signing up for that. You know, I'll wait till I get my eyesight back. And okay, I'll leave your church alone, but I going not live my own life. No. Nope. Boy, did Paul suffer. Let's look at his resume. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 28, it says this. Paul writes this. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labor, more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in death often. For the Jews, five times I receive 40 stripes minus one. Three times I've been beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. That's not, he's not not getting high. He was stoned by stone. Three times I was shipwrecked. And night and a day I have been in the deep, in the journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among False brethren, and weariness, and toil, and sleeplessness often, and hunger, and thirst, and fasting often, and cold, and nakedness, and oh yeah, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily. That's what Paul went through. And then it's amazing you have people today. They love the title apostle. You are nothing like an apostle. You want to be a minister of Jesus Christ? Let's look at Paul. This is what he went through. Five times I received 40 stripes minus one, so it's thirty-nine. Three times being with rods, that's by the Gentiles. He didn't give a number because Gentiles didn't count. Three times could be hundred times. He's been in prison, almost died, been stoned, almost stoned to death. Talking about suffering, yes. Paul's appointed a preacher, an apostle, a teacher, and a teacher of the of the Gentiles. For Christ, and he suffered for the gospel. That is what it is to be a minister. Today, we we have no idea what it is to be a follower of Christ, as in the days of Christ and in Paul's day. Verse 12, he said, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. He didn't say, I know what I believe. What? What? I know what I believe. No, I know who I believe. It's not a what. It's a who. It's Jesus Christ. And that's important for us to know Jesus Christ. You know, you can know about Jesus. You can know about Jesus doctrinally, theologically. The question is, do you know him personally? And that's by a relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, I'm gonna give you this verse again. It's in there. Paul wrote to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. That I may know him. That Greek word, that's a Greek word. No, it means conosco. It means not to know about, but to know personally by experience intimately. I knew about Billy Graham, but I don't know him personally. You understand? A lot of people know about Jesus, but don't know him personally, and that's the difference. He says that, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him unto that day. He is convinced that the Lord is able to keep all that he has committed to the Lord. The word committed here is a banking term. It means to deposit. And and he knows, he believes that and convinced that all that he's deposited, all that he has done for the Lord, the Lord will reveal it that day. And what is that day? That day is referring to the day that when Paul, you and I, and every believer in Jesus Christ, we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that is not judgment unto condemnation. That's the great white throne of judgment. This is another seat where believers who, once we get to be with the Lord, we stand before his throne. It is when we are standing before him to get rewards, awards. And we'll be judged by what we've done here on earth as Christians. But again, it's not a judgment unto condemnation. For there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's like when you see the Olympics. There's awards and rewards. And that's the judgment seat of Christ. A matter of fact, Paul mentions this twice in Romans chapter 14, verses 10 to 12. He says, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. We're going to give an account of everything we do as believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. is that for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body while you're here on earth in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad. So yes, you're saved. Yes, you're going to heaven. Yes, you're going to receive a crown. Yes, you're a You're going to be up there and celebrating during the reception while the great tribulation is taking place here on earth. The seven years of a marriage, a wedding, a honeymoon is taking place because now the church is the bride. You're going to be part of the bride. But you will give an account for all that you do as a believer now. It's a reward to say, okay, you know, you made it here. You're not condemned. Relax. (laughs) You can imagine people say, But Lord, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. You think I didn't have eyes? I see. You think psh, I don't care how many cameras are nowadays with modern technology, I see beyond that. I see the heart. And I see all that is done. So he's he's Paul is expecting that all that he's done, that that day when he stands before the Lord, it will be revealed. It's it's for him, it's for the Lord. One day, one day very soon, we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to hear more than the Lord say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But I want all that I have committed to him in my life as a Christian to be presented before him in my ministry and in my service. Because the reality is we're all going to get these crowns, every single one of us. And what it says in Revelation chapter 4, we're going to cast our crowns. Why are we going to cast the crowns, give it back to the Lord? Because we've done nothing to deserve it. We don't deserve to be in heaven, let alone have a crown. Now, that brings us to verses 13 and 14. Paul deals with the, about being loyalty to the gospel. In verse 13, he says, hold fast to the pattern of sound words, which you have heard from me. Now, Timothy, hold to that pattern of wholesome teaching. Hold to the gospel. Paul's teaching uh, his son in the faith, he taught him very well. He wants him to remember the gospels. Not only was it written for Timothy, but Timothy also remembered the words and the counsel and, and the instruction outside. I could imagine, you know, the conversation between Timothy and Paul. We'll find out when we get to heaven. Timothy, at this point, is dealing with a lot of false teachers in the church. He had to remember in First Timothy, he had to strain out the things in the church of Ephesus. There was a lot of false teachers. <laughs> there's more. T- I believe there's probably more today than there was than back in those days. That is my belief. I don't have anything facts, but that's just my belief. You turn on the channel on these so-called Christian stations, a lot of prosperity and false teachings. No one's learning the word of God. They're just having the ears tickled. But he's saying, hold on to the pattern. How? How? How, is, how am I supposed to? How can I hold on to this pattern? Paul, Paul says this. In faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus, verse 14, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Hold on to the gospel. Hold on to the pattern. With faith, love, and the Holy Spirit. Faith, love, and Holy Spirit. Faith, it not only means to trust in the Lord, but depend on the Lord. When you hold on to this, not only you trust in the Lord by faith, but you you depend on the Lord. And love, you know, we study, we love the Lord, we want to know more about him. So is the agape love, so we, we want to learn more about him, we read the word. And what do we do once we learn the word? We share it with others, right? Because we love the Lord and we love people, We share the gospel to one another. And then the Holy Spirit, we find that the word of God was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit dwells in you. That's what he tells Timothy. He dwells in you. You know, Jesus said that when he told his disciples before he went to the cross, he said um, that he was going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he said, and the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that I have taught you. I don't know about you, but sometimes I come, used to come to a passage where I had difficulty understanding it, and I'm like reading, 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 and then you know, maybe a month down the road, oh, now I get it. Or I'm sharing the gospel with someone, and you, know, you think you have to memorize Scripture, which is good to memorize Scripture, but you, you get to that point, oh, I hope I know what I'm saying, but when you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of oh, a sudden you remember Bible verses. You remember passages, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's how we keep true to the gospel. Hold to the pattern, hold to the truth of the gospel in love, in faith, and by the Holy Spirit. And then finally, verses 15 to 18, we'll go through this quickly because we only have another 50 minutes. In verses 15 18, we'll just fly through this here, but it's no surprise that you find those who are disloyal in the body of Christ in ministering to one another and those that are loyal as well. And you find that here in verse 15, it says this, you know, that all those in Asia have turned away from me. Wow. They turned away from Paul. <laughs> he started their church. <laughs> it happens. You know, now, now they, they turned away from him. There's shame, not that, so much a shame, but turning back because of persecution among who are Phygelus and Hermogenes. Now, The Bible, the rest of the scriptures does not say anything about, we don't know much about them, nor what their names mean. But that's how scholars get to look at history of names. But they also look at the text to find out kind of the meaning of their names. But it's sad to say that the Apostle Paul mentions these two. Can you imagine, you know, your name is in the word of God, but not in a good way? It's a sad thing, but why? Because they weren't serving. They weren't ministering to Paul. They were afraid. They were pulling back. That's not the name I want. I don't want my name to be put in that category. I want my name to be, you know, that's a true brother. That's a true sister in Christ. They're bold. They're consistent. They don't push back. No, you could try They're warriors. Sally, when you see the persecution comes, you get those that will be abandoned. Jesus was abandoned at the cross. At the cross. With the exception of you know John is the only disciple there, the youngest one of all of them, about eighteen years old at this time. Began to follow Jesus when he was fifteen. He's eighteen years old, right there, he's at the cross. But all have fled. All have left. So Paul, he probably you know was encouraged. Hey, wait a minute, my Savior was abandoned, he was left. You know, Jesus was rejected in in the gospel of John chapter 1. He was rejected by his own. He was the Messiah of the Jews, Israel. They rejected him, and now his disciples rejected him on the cross. How many Christians today are now rejecting the gospel because of persecution? You know, the church needs the church, especially when there's persecution. You know, we need to be, if we can't reach out to them, be there, we need to Go, we need to pray, get on our knees and pray for them. That's the best thing you can do is pray for. So can you imagine your prayer, you know, it goes, it goes faster than a satellite. <laughs> you know, you send a message and it hits a, you know, from your phone, you send a ping, right? For your phone and it hits a satellite and calls someone else. The prayer goes a lot faster than that. And they go anywhere around the world. I remember uh, Corey Tamboon when she, when Chuck Smith was saying that when he met Corey Temboon when she was getting of that age where she was about to pass, she was getting too old. She was she couldn't go anywhere, she couldn't travel, and she was really disappointed um, that she was unable to go and minister and you know share in conferences. What they do, she was wanted everywhere. If you know the story of Corey Temboon, I recommend you. Um, there's some movies out there, documentaries It's great. But Chuck Smith say, said to her, "Well, you can pray." What more you can do is just pray for someone who's in another part of the world. And that's what we can do. And we need to encourage one another, love one another. By this, everyone would know that you're my disciples, with the love you have for one another. We need to care, pray, minister for one another. Verse 16 and 17 says, The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. His name means help bringer. And again, it probably means, you know, part because of the... The context of scripture here, because so you can see that what he's doing, what, what does uh, Onisiphorus do? He said, For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain, but when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day. That's the day, the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, may he get his reward. And you know very well how many ways he ministered to me, even while in Ephesus. This was a brother who was a help bringer. He was consistent with the Apostle Paul. Saints, listen, it's inevitable. We're going to suffer persecution. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be hostility. But what does Paul say that encourages Timothy? He says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Also, he says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. Hold on to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be loyal to the gospel. Amen. I'm the
2: race.
0: Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of 1 Timothy with us here on Running the Race. There's much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie head over to runningtheraceradio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry and you'd like to know how you could partner with us, we gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more.
2: Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program. And we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at RunningTheRaceRadio.com.
0: We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.